Good morning, everybody, if you can call this morning. Uh, today, Bezat Hashem, we're going to learn Daf Pei Gimel in Maseches Psachim. We're going to start from the Mishnah on the top. The Mishnah discusses the Atzamos and the Gidin and the Nosar of the Korban Pesach. Okay, we already got to discuss some of this, right, yesterday. We talked about the fact that those extra parts of the Korban Pesach you cannot burn on Yantiv. Now, here's something unusual about the Karm Pesach you may not have noticed. We talk about trying to avoid Noisar. And yesterday we talked about how the shaming that we do for the individuals who allow their carbon to become Tameh. But here's a fascinating aspect of the Karm Pesach. It basically comes out that you can't bring the Karm Pesach without having Noisar. How so? Because... We know that one of the things that says about the carbon Pesach is ve'etzem lo bo, that you can't break the bones of the carbon Pesach. Now the bones, as we'll see, is not noisar. Noisar only applies to something that is edible, so it would be flesh. However, something that is edible is contained within the bones, which is the marrow. Bone marrow is considered edible. Aha. Uh-huh. And you can't break the bones of the carbon Pesach. If you only had bones and you had dry bones, you could flush it down the toilet. That's not nicer. That's okay. But to have the marrow within the bones, that is by definition going to be nosar, and thus you're going to have to burn it. So that's basically the topic of today. How are you going to handle this, this bone marrow or the gidhanasha, as we'll see, the sinews, the parts of the animal that you do not eat? Now again, the parts that are edible, but you do not eat. So we'll see. Gidanasha, obviously, there's a lot of, uh, it's difficult to eat filet mignon, right? Because the fats around the gidanasha, the gidanasha themselves, those things are things that we're makbid on. Perhaps we're not exactly sure, as we'll see where the gidanasha is. So we're extra machmir. Uh, however, what ends up happening is we have a conundrum again. We can't break the bones or we don't eat the gidanasha. These are things that are, are edible, so technically they're nosa, but we do not eat them. Those are the things that are going to be burned. Well, the thing that's fascinating about that is that if in every carbon there is edible things that we know ahead of time that we're not going to eat, then we know ahead of time that we're going to have nosa, right? So, but it, it's unavoidable and therefore it's not like it's an isser, obviously, to bring the carbon. But just keep that in mind. This is something that um, not everybody realizes that you're going to have the nosar ahead of time. But without getting ahead of ourselves, that's just like by way of introduction, let's note what these uh, parts of the carbon are. So, ha'atzamos ve'hagidin ve'hanoisar. So the noisar is real leftover flesh. But now we understand why it's bringing out the bones and the sinews also. These are things that we're going to see. It's only the ones that are Edible, right? Now, when you do, what do you normally do with Noisar? You normally would burn it, let's say, the next day. However, by definition, by carbon Pesach, that's an Erev Yontiv carbon. So by definition, the next day is Yontiv. So you don't burn that on Yontiv. Why? Because Havara is something you can only do for what? For Ochal Nefesh. And burning Noisar is not Ochal Nefesh. You're not getting any Hana from that, any Onig Yontiv from that. And therefore, that burning is something that you cannot do on Yontif itself. And therefore, you have to do it on the 16th of Nisan, as it were, the first day of Cholomoed in Eretz Yisrael would be when you burn the, um, 
the sinews and the nosar. Continues the Mishnah. Right? If it turns out that Erev Yantiv is also Erev Shabbos, um, such that the next day, I'm sorry, it's, uh, it's, it's on Friday, so the next day, the first day of Cholomoyed is Shabbos, then obviously you can't do it the first day of Cholomoyed and, and simply you start from Yeshiva, so says the Mishnah. So then you'll do it the second day of Cholomoyed on Sunday. Okay. Why? As the Mishnah concludes, Lefisha Eidan Dochin, Lasa Shabbos, Vilasa Yantiv. Right? Because this idea of burning Nisar, while it is absolutely um, imperative, it is not Docha Shabbos and not Docha Yantiv. The Gemara, as we uh, approach the next Mishnah, uh, le- at the end, God willing, today, we'll discuss that last detail. Okay. But we continue, we uh, resume with the Gemara as follows. Amar, Rav Mari, Baravua, Amar, Rabbi Yitzchak. Atzamos, Kachim, Shashimshu, are noisar. Aha. Atzamas kachim shimshu noisar. What's shimshu noisar? Shimshu, like, they serve the noisar in the sense that they what? They contain bone marrow. In other words, bones of kachim that are like a, right, um, that, that become like a framework for noisar. So that's what it means. It means that they are themselves not noisar, but they have marrow within them that they contain and thus they're sort of serving as a framework for Nosar. Metamim esayadaim. You're going to be considered tame from touching it. What's this metame esayadaim? Rashi. Kenoisar atzmo. Shagazru chacham yishi tame etadaim. Right? Perik basra. So at the end of this, right, at the last parak here in Psachim, we're going to be discussing the idea that there was a gezeras chazal. That they didn't, that they wanted, right, Nisar to be metamidayim. Okay, so explain there wh- uh, why it, that would be the case. But be that as it may, the point of the of Mari Baravur Mari Yitzchak is that the bones themselves, even though they are not nicer, right? Even on, only the marrow, which is edible, is nicer. The bones themselves become nicer. How so? An amazing concept. Sounds like we borrowed it from Masechah Shabbos. Hoil v'naase basis ledavar ha'aser. Wow. That the bones themselves, if you were to touch them, you'd become Tameh, according to the Gezeras Chazal, because the bones themselves become a basis to the Dover Asr. The Dover Asr is the marrow. The bones become a basis to the marrow, and just like you have a basis to the Dover Asr in Hilchah's Shabbos, right, where it becomes Mukta, here, the basis to the Dover Asr is the bones, um, which are the framework for the marrow, and they take on the status of the noisar of the marrow, and are therefore metame esayadaim, and that is the statement of Rabbi Yitzchak. So now, the Gemara is going to say, we have a Mishnah, our Mishnah. Our Mishnah supports what Rabbi Yitzchak is saying. Our Mishnah implies this halacha, that the bones become a basis to the marrow. How so? Says the Gemara. Name a Messiah. Let's say that our Mishnah is actually supporting this. Why? Because our Mishnah says, Right? Because it says that the bones get burned up. Uh, along with the sinews and, and, the, and the meat. So, honey, at some dummy. What kind of at are we talking about? If you're going to say that it's uh, marrowless bones, not every bone has marrow, right? There's bone, there's cartilage. Um, the, as in orthodontist, I could say there's the mandible, there's the maxilla. Not every bone has marrow, okay? So, if you're going to say that it's the bones of the animal that do not have marrow, so then, Lama Bisrefa, why would our Mishnah say that you have to have a Bisrefa? Nishadinu, flush it down the toilet, right? You don't need to burn 
uh, bones without marrow. Those are just inedible parts of the animal that you could just dispose of without having to burn it. Okay, so elapshita de isbumach. So it has to be that the bones that are referenced in our Mishnah are bones that do in fact have marrow. Okay. So right? So that makes sense if you have bones that have marrow. So it makes sense that you'd have to burn it if you say that the bones in fact serve as like a busis to the marrow, right? And Amtulahaki by Yisrefa. And that's why the bones are always going to need to be uh burned. Like any nicer. Because if you did not believe of this concept of Yitzchak, that the bones become a buses to the marrow and thus take on, right, the status of nicer, then Lama Lahusrefa, why would you burn the bones altogether? Nisbirinhu, right, the suf and the shin are sometimes interchangeable. Nisbirinhu, right, you should break off, open the bones. Take out the, the marrow and then burn the marrow itself, and throw out the bone fragments. Aha. Rather, this must mean that, that shimash noisar, which means that when the bones have marrow in them, that becomes a buses to the marrow. Uh, so just to recap the proof of the Gemara, the Gemara is going to say that since our Mishnah tells you that you have to th- burn the bones, it must be that they have marrow and that the bones become a buses to the marrow. Because if that were not the case, right, all you'd do is break open the bones, take out the marrow, and then only burn the marrow. Can you see what the problem might be with this proof? Right. That's a crazy suggestion. You're not allowed to break the bones. How is the Gemara going to prove that? Well, Kalman, you're not the only one who thinks this. Yeah, the Gemara also points this out. Amri, that proof is rejected. Amri, lo! What are you saying? No. Maybe you could say that no, that the bones themselves don't become, right, they don't become necessarily noisa themselves, but kasavar. But the Tana, but our Mishnah holds what? The bo bechasher vafilu bepasel. Bo here, when it says the word bo, it's just two letters, but it's referring to the pasuk of etzem lo tishbru bo, right? The bo is referring to the pasuk that says that you're not allowed to break the bones of the carbon pasuk specifically, right? This is a very important pasuk for, for when you're learning Masechus Pesachim, right? Okay. So, what does that mean? That means that you're, it's, you're not allowed to break the bones ever. Bechashar feel the puzzle means like this, that just like when you bring the carbon Pesach, like under normal circumstances and everyone's happy because they're Pesach and you're going to have the Pesach Seder now and we're going to bring the carbon Pesach like we will, God willing, this year, Bekarov, okay? So everyone's in a great mood and just like it's us to break the bones then because everybody's very fully aware of that halacha. So similarly, once all the dust settles, and it's the next day, and it's already nicer, you all, you still can't break it, which is to say, this is not just like a function of the Hakravas carbon Pesach that you can't break the bones. You can't ever break the bones of the carbon Pesach. Not while you're bringing it, not before, and not after. You just have to keep those bones intact. That, in fact, is a machlokas, so we're going to say, that, that our Tana holds that you can't break the bones. And that's why he says that you burn the bones. Not because... 
Right? In other words, our Mishnah is not a riot to the idea that the bones become a buses. The reason why we're burning these bones is not because the bones themselves are tummy, but because we got it, right? Not because the bones themselves are noisar, but because we have the, the only way to get to the marrow, which is noisar, is to burn all the bones all because we can't break them. That's, that's what the, uh, Gemara wants to say. So the Gemara says, wait a minute. I feel it. What? This idea of not breaking the bones even applies after the, after the Kormpesach becomes nicer. The Hatnan, but we learned in the Mishnah soon enough, like tomorrow. Aval hamoiser betahar vahashoiver betame eno sovek esar baim. An interesting idea. This sounds like Atzim Lotish Bo doesn't apply to Naisar. There is a Mishnah that says if you leave over, if you have Naisar, and you break the bones at that point, once the, the next day, right, the day after, remember in the 80s they had that, uh, we were very worried in the Cold War the, 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 about, about the nuclear uh, war, so there was like all these apocalyptic shows like the day after. So the day after the carbon. So now you're sitting there. What happens if you're shover betame, right? Shover betame is you break, you break it, um, so you don't get malchus. That Mishnah is specifically telling you that breaking the bones of the carbon Pesach doesn't apply to Naisar. That that, that, that Isser only applies, right, when you're doing, being makar of the carbon in the, the day of the carbon Pesach. But the next day, there is no Isser to break the bones. That's what the, tomorrow's Mishnah implies. Okay, the Gemara says, lo kasha. Kansha haisa lo shas kosher, kansha lo haisa shas kosher. You have to understand. And we're going to bring some answers to this. So one possible answer is as follows. That in our Mishnah, right, we're talking about a karm pasach that was brought, everybody was happy, and everything was kosher, and everything was going great. And the only thing that was not good about the marrow was that the next day, the marrow of the bones become noisar. Okay, so in that scenario, right, you're not, it, it had a shas kosher, and therefore, when the, it had a shas kosher, meaning that everything was good, the bones of the carbon pesach, as it were, are infused, right, with this kosherus of the carbon pesach that you can't break for etzim lotishbarubo, and that never goes away, right? In a scenario where you had a real kosher carbon pesach and there was never a problem, it, this iser of let's not doesn't go away even the next day when it's nicer. Okay, kan kosher. But in the Mishnah that we're going right, but in the Mishnah that we're going to learn tomorrow, right, the that's a case where the carbon pesach became tame. Okay, so once the carbon pesach became tame, so at that point that carbon pesach never really got the opportunity to be infused with this. Idea of etzim lo right? That is, that is what Rashi says over here, um, right? That he says, she'ein yachol l'shover. This is going to be the Rashi over here. She'ein yachol l'shover and pay to cause etzim lo tishbarul l'fichach l'shof my day mach shabahen, right? That because of etzim lo tishbarubo, right? That already gets infused with that. With that, with that you do not get infused with that and therefore you can break it because it became tame already. Okay, so the Gemara is going to clarify this a little bit more. Who is the Tana? This happens to be, as we're going to say, this is going to be Machlokas Tanaim. 
Again, the Machlokas Tanaim is, right, this Ve'etzim Lotishbrubo. Does this Etzim Lotishbrubo apply throughout the entirety of this Karpen Pesach? And it's something that you would say is always the case, even the next day, once the Karpen Pesach is already done and you have nicer marrow in, in between? Or is it only, right, at the time that you're bringing the carbon? Let's flesh it out. The, the Gemara says, the, that Tana is Rabbi Yaakov, he, the Tanya, because let's see the Bryce inside. This halacha of that you can't break the bone. Aha. So Rabbi Yaakov Omer, when it says bo, it means, right, that only when the carbon is kosher, right? But not once it becomes puzzle. Right, not once it, so let's see. Rabbi Yaakov Omer, kosher So here it is. It's very simple. It's, it's spelled out for you. Rabbi Yaakov says, if the carbon Pesach was brought and it was totally kosher and everything was good and nothing was Tameh, and then later became Nifsal, meaning it became Nifsal by virtue of becoming Noisa, right? The next day, Yesh Bo Mishum So then you're going to have a Isser to break the bones still, as we've already described, right? Because the carbon Pesach, when it was brought, had been infused, so to speak, into to the bone with this concept of etzim lo tishbrubo, and it retains that iser even the next day when its marrow becomes nicer. That's right. However, lo lo shas kosher, says Rabbi Yaakov, right? Rabbi Yaakov is explaining that if it did not even have that moment, that special moment of carbon Pesach, because it became tame, right, for a different reason, so ain bo mishim shvirasatzim, which means there's no iser to break the bones. And therefore, that korban, the next day, you're going to want to be breaking the bones in order to get out the marrow. There is no, there's no halacha that you can't break the bones over there. So that was Shitas Rabbi Yaakov. Rabbi Shimon Omer, however, in the Braisa, Echad Zev, Echad Ein Bom Shum That either way, you're going to be able to break the bone the next day, according to Rabbi Shimon. Okay. That is the halacha. And therefore, again, so, so, man, so who's going to say that there's a difference whether it had a shasa kosher or not? That's going to be Rabbi Yaakov, right? According to Rabbi Shimon, you're going to be able to break it anyway. Okay, so that is, that accounts for our Mishnah versus the Mishnah of tomorrow, which is if you're going to say that there is an issue with possibly breaking the bones, right, even the next day, then that means that you simply means that you hold like Rabbi Yaakov. Okay. So now we're four lines up from the wide over here, I think. Yeah, four lines up from the wide. Um, and the Gemara is going to say, so again, so Rabbi Yitzchak was trying to say that what? That, that, you, that there's such a thing as a basis ladavar aser, that the reason that the bones themselves take on the status of noisar. That was Rabbi Yitzchak was trying to say. And he was saying that our Mishnah is a riot to him. And we said, with the help of Kalman, that our mission is not a riot to him because you'd have to burn the bones anyway because of the fact that you can't break them, so you have no choice. Okay? So now we're going to bring a challenge like this. Mesve. Okay. It says in the Brisa, Kol Atmos Hakochim Ein Teunin Srefa. Okay. Chutz Me Atmos Ha Pesach Mipne Hatakala. So we have a straight up Brisa that says that anytime you have bones of carbonos, right? You do not burn those bones, 
except for the bones of the carbon Pesach, right? The uniqueness of the carbon Pesach. What's unique about the carbon Pesach? What we already described. Mipnei ha-takala. The takala is, right, because, what's the takala? The takala is that the carbon Pesach, you, what? You can't break the bones. So again, this price is very important. What it's saying is that we're going to let you burn the bones of the carbon Pesach because if we don't let you burn the bones, what do you do the rest of the, uh, what do you do the rest of the year? When you bring a carbon, you are, we're not going to let you burn the bones or we're not going to require you to burn the bones, right? So what do you do with every other carbon? You break the bones open, take out the marrow and burn out the marrow, right? Because you have to burn out the, the noisar. Uh, or you, you do it the next day, or you do it after, right after, right when you're bringing the carbon. You just separate the marrow from the bone, and it's edible. You eat it, you enjoy it, and that's it. And then the bones you just throw out, right? Because the bones themselves are not nicer. That's what the Bryce is explaining. That the atzmos hakachim ain't unin sreifa. That when it comes to any other carbon, every other carbon, you break the bones, you eat the marrow. In fact, Andrew will tell you that the marrow is the best part. He loves that part the most. Whenever we bring carbonos, Andrew always says, save me the marrow, right? So, so that is what you're going to typically be doing the whole year round when you bring these carbonos. You're going to break the bones and eat out the marrow. And then those leftover bones, you just throw out. Uh-huh. So there's no halacha of burning the bones of regular carbonos. However, the carbon Pesach does have a halacha of burning the bones of the carbon Pesach because if it did not have such a halacha, then people, right, because Again, because if we didn't make you burn the bones, you might be tempted to break them open. And it is to save you from the takala of, of being in violation of etzem lotishburubo, which is a halacha that's exclusive to carbon pesach. Okay? So that's what it means. In other words, you don't have to burn the bones of any other carbonos because those are okay. Typically, you're going to eat at the marrow, but you do have to burn the bones of the carbon pesach because if you don't, then you're going to come to a takala. You're going to end up breaking them. So therefore, we force you instead to burn them. Aha. So now, so so, so this is what the, the, the Gemara is going to spell out, right? This sounds like um, right a challenge. It's not, this is a challenge to, to Yitzhak, I think, right? Let's see. Says the Gemara, what, what kind of bones are we talking about? If you're going to talk about the bones that do not have marrow, so those were never, we're not going to make you, right? We're not going to make you burn those. Um, right? It's obvious that we're talking about bones that have marrow uh, in the carbon Pesach. Right? And if you think that the bones become a basis Right, ladavar ha'aser, meaning that the bones themselves take on the status of nisar. Atzmos kachim amai ain teunin sreifa. Well, if that were the case, then that would apply the rest of the year as well, right? If typically the idea is, as if Yitzchak suggests, that bones become nisar and take uh, because they become a sort of basis ladavar ha'aser to the marrow, so then this whole halacha of burning the bones would apply not only to carbon Pesach, as the Bryce suggests, but it would apply to all carbonas, right? We would simply not let you, right, keep the, throw the bones out. We would force you to burn the bones of all carbonas. Aha. So Amar of Nachman Bar Yitzchak, there he is again, son of a gun. He's the valedic- he was the valedictorian the year they learned Pesachim. He's all over this Pesachim. 
So Amar of Nachman Bar Yitzchak, Hacha B'maya Skinan, what are we talking about here? Kegon Shematzon Chalutzin. Ah, the case is, the case is, is this. You found broken bones, emptied of their marrow. So you found bone fragments. Okay, I don't know where you were the night before, but you showed up and you see bone fragments. Atmos Kachim, okay. The Ein Behem so where, if the pile of bone fragments that you've now encountered was the, in the aftermath of a regular korban, right? The ain behem mishum esem that does not have the violation of etzem tishbrubo, and you can break those bones. Then kamei denavu noisar chalzinu. Then we assume that they are broken open, just like they always are, right? Then, then when you see this pile of broken bones, you say to yourself, "Okay, I get it. Andrew's been here. He's been eating out all the marrow, right? And you know that the marrow has been emptied out." And so you don't have any suspicion, right, that there was ever, right, they, these, these bones did not have the opportunity to become a Basasaldavar Asr because Andrew sucked out all the marrow. And that's why when you, when you encounter this pile of regular carbon bones, you're not going to have any Strefa issues because they didn't have the opportunity to become a Basas for Nysar because this marrow was sucked out. Right, Bishas carbon, right? It was sucked out at the time that they were eating the rest of the carbon, all the meat and everything. That's if you encounter a pile of regular carbon bones. However, Atmos Pesach, but if you're there in the aftermath, right, after everyone has already uh, finished the, uh, their, the bat, this, you find the Afikomen, right? Which is in the days of the, of the Beis Amikdash, the, the carbon Pesach, and you see the pile of bones there, on Pesach itself, and it's part of the carbon Pesach, the Yeshbeim Mishum Shvirasayatzim. So there, these are bone fragments of the carbon Pesach where it's not supposed to be broken. So Lavasar Dinavu Noiser Hu Dechatzinu. So there, right, we presume that those were only broken after they became Noiser, right? Because there's no re- you, you wouldn't be allowed to break them during the time that you right during the time that you brought the carbon. The Havalahu Shimush Noiser Uvaostrefa. And therefore, because we assume that at the time, right, that these would become, that the marrow became nicer, that the bones were still intact, and thus contained the, the marrow within them, right, uvaostrefa. That's why those bones require, right, burning. Okay? So, again, when we said ainton and strefa, we thought it meant that there's no concept of buses, right? But now, but, but, but now what Nachman B'Yitzchak is explaining it, is that there is, of course, a concept of buses, but this is all in a case, right, where broken bones were found after the fact. Mind you, right, the, the Mepharshim explain, even Rashi goes out to say, this is within Rav Shimon. This is within Rav Shimon that says, right, that, that the idea is that, um, Right, that the, that the carbon pesach once it becomes nosar, even if it had a shas kosher, you're allowed to break the bones. Again, don't forget, it must be right. According to Rabbi Yaakov, you're never going to have a situation where you're going to when you're going to show up, even in the aftermath of carbon pesach, and find a, a pile of broken carbon pesach bones. You're never allowed to break those those carbon pesach bones. But according to Rabbi Shimon, no, once. Right, once it, even if it had a shas kosher and you had a perfectly kosher seder and it was great, you went to KMR or whatever, <laughs> you went to, you went to the, the, the best Pesach program, you know, on earth, uh, and everything had all the, all the mahadra and everything, you could still, in theory, right, 
they're on Yantiv, find broken carbon Pesach bones because we hold like Rabbi Shimon, uh, right? This is within Rabbi Shimon that even if it had a Shas Kosher, afterwards you could still avoid Neusser by breaking it open. Be that as it may, at the time, right? That it became Neusser, it was still obviously within the bones and the bones were intact because you were concerned about Etzim Latish And so that is the explanation. Nachem Bar Yitzchak thus restores Right, this idea of Rav Yitzchak is Rav Nachum, right, this idea of Rav Yitzchak, which is that it could be that the, that the bones do in fact, uh, become a basis at that point. Okay. Now, that's answer number one, Rav Nachum Yitzchak. Rav Zvid, Amar, Rav Zvid had another suggestion of how this works. Right, again, the whole question is, what does the Brysa mean when it says that the, that you fi- if you find a broken pile of Kachim, you don't need to burn it, but if you find a broken pile of Right, of, um, of regular kachim, you don't need to burn it. But if you find a broken parts of carbon pesach, you do need to burn it. So the first answer is just, right, right, walking you through the scenario. Regular kachim, obviously somebody sucked out the marrow, so you're not worried that it became a basis, and it's following the concept of Yitzchak. And, and the carbon pesach, you assume that you left it over. That's answer number one of how the two brises are reconciled. Rav Zvidam, our answer number two is as follows. Zachav Ma'eskin, what's the case? Kagon, as we turn to Pegim Alam and Bez, at the uh, obnoxious time of 5.49 a.m. What time did we start today? 6.10, okay. Okay, so you say, like this. Rav Zvid said, Shematzon Tziburin Tziburin. You found the bones in piles, as we said. Umehein Chalutzin. And you notice some of them were emptied of their marrow. So, again, in the first case, you also found piles, in theory, okay? But here, something else happened. You only looked at the top of the pile. That's what umehin chalutzin means. You don't examine the whole pile. You just look at the, at the top. So what goes on? You notice that the bones in the top have been emptied. Okay, so atzmas kochim, if the scenario is, if said scenario of a pile of bones where you're only looking at the top is a scenario where it is, Right, bones of a regular carbon, and it's there that you see these broken bones. Right, where there is no problem with breaking those bones. Right, you have to assume, as we like to say, Andrew's been here. Right, you don't need to look at the rest of the pile because once Andrew gets started with the bone marrow, he does not stop until he sucked the marrow out of every bone in the pile. And therefore, you see the top of the pile, you say, okay, Andrew's been here, this entire pile is free of marrow, the low body strafa, right? And you don't have to worry that there's any nicer here, right? You do not need to burn it. Uh, may you be zachet to suck all the marrow out of life and to be blessed with all the brachas that life has to offer. Thank you. Okay, anytime. That's a yeah, <laughs> yeah um, I actually, um, right, my... My, my mother-in-law, I, I love her cooking and she always said, she, she always would say that I, that she doesn't have to worry about leftovers, uh, right? She, she assumes that I've sucked all the marrow out of everything and, and she barely even needs to wash the dishes, okay? So, so, so here you're talking about a situation where you see just the top of the pile and you know that you don't need to burn anything. You assume the top of the pile of this regular carbon, all the bones are broken, probably all the marrow sucked out. And so all you need is a, is a sample size of the top to give you an idea of what's going on in the entire pile. You don't have to like sit there and sift through all the bones to make sure, right, that you have marrow there that needs to be burned as, mu- as nicer. But that's if you have a pile of, right, regular carbonos. 
Atmos HaPesach, right? But when you're looking at Pesach night and you have a pile of bones of the carbon Pesach, the Yeshbem Mishum Shvirasa Etzem, right, which obviously has an Isser of Etzem Lotish Rubo, Dilmahani the Chatzinu, Ulahanach Lochatzinu. So there, right, it's a different story because there, because of that Isser, you can't, you know, we weren't just sitting around the entire meal breaking bones and sucking at the marrow. That was a situation where um, you didn't have that kind of time. It's not part of the eating and the bringing of the carbon Pesach. And therefore, just because you have that small sample size on top of broken bones doesn't necessarily mean that the entire pile is so broken and all the marrow is sucked out. And therefore, you do not have the luxury of assuming the rest of the pile is free of marrow and you're going to have to, right, you have two options. You can either inspect the entire pile, which is tedious and unwieldy, or just burn all the bones, right? In other words, so Rashi explains, he spells it out, the first Rashi over here, the second Rashi over here. Atzmas kochim, lo right? Aval atzmas pesach kulhu. So, right, in other words, the point is that you could be makeel, so to speak, right? You can make assumptions from a small sample size when it comes to regular carbonos that all the marrow has been uh, sucked out. Not so, right, by Pesach. You either have to check all of it or just burn all of it because you can't presume that all of those bones were broken by virtue of, obviously, the uniqueness of carbon Pesach that has with it the Isser of Etzem Latish Brubo. Okay, so that is the answer of Dachem Bar Yitzchak and the answer of Zvid to account for, right, this idea of the difference between the carbon, um, the regular kachim, and the carbon pesach with regards to bones. Um, Barry, you ready to move on to sinews? Have you had it? You just about had it with the bones, right? Okay, so let's go on to, to sinews. Six lines down on pay gimel amad beis. Amar of Yehuda Amarav. Kol agidin basar chutz tzavar. Okay, now remember, the Mishnah said that you have to burn the, the sinews also. Well, you would only have to burn them if they're flesh, right? It's, this is not just a bone discussion, right? Anything that's unedible in the animal it doesn't need to be burned. That's not nicer. Nicer is only edible stuff. So Rabbi Yudha said in the name of Rav that really all the sinews are considered, all the gidden are considered edible, but not the sinews of the neck. I saw in the Rashi, it says, in the article rather, the cervical ligament. Very hard. It's considered like wood. If you remember that from Chulin, uh, towards the end of the last cycle, right? That, um, that the, the, sin, the cervical sinew is considered not really edible. Okay. So that one, you don't have to burn. Fine. So says the Gemara, it's not, but we learned in our Mishnah, Hani so remember, our mission says that you have to burn the sinews. So what sinews is it referring to? So basar. If you're going to say that it's edible sinews, so nichlinu. So what do you mean burn them? Eat them. Why are you leaving them over? They're accessible, right? You don't have the problem of esam lotish burbo, right? Marrow. We had this all unique discussion because you can't get to it. But but sinews, you know, you shouldn't. It's like leaving over the meat, right? You should you should just eat it. What are you doing? Okay. Because, as the Gemara continues to say, if you don't eat it, that is classically nicer, right? This is what I was discussing with my buddy Dave last night. I was saying, do you believe this, Dave? You have nicer by definition in every carbon Pesach because of the bone marrow. 
Um, and so I was saying, is that a bad thing? And Dave said, well, you don't have a choice. So it's not like an Avera to bring the Korn Pesach. It's not a Mitzvah Baba Avera, right, to bring the Korn Pesach because you're going to have Nisar. The problem isn't, and, and it's just an interesting idea, that it's not like a, a void, that uh, creating Nisar is an Isser. When you have no choice, you have no choice. But here, when you have the Gidin, the sinews, you do have a choice. You're supposed to eat it. Nisar, what I'm trying to, to say here is that you have to eat the Basar. The edible parts you have to eat. You're not supposed to leave it over. So for the bones, you have an excuse and by the carbon Pesach. But for the sinews, the Gemara is explaining, you don't have an excuse. Oh. So it says the Gemara, No, it has to be that the Mishnah here, where it's talking about the sinews in the neck, it has to be that it's referring to, right, the, the uh, when it's talking about the sinews, it has to be that it's referring to the sinews of the neck, which are not edible. Uh-huh. So once you say that it's referring to the sinews of the, of the, of, of the neck that are not edible, that's why you're leaving it over. And then, therefore, that's why you have to burn it on the 16th. Says the Gemara, Right? Well, that only makes sense if you say that the sinews of the neck are, in fact, edible to some extent. So, that's why you have to burn it. Otherwise, you'd be able to just flush it down the toilet. Right? As the Gemara says, Right? Right, so, so so this is so this is the issue, right? Rav said that the sinews of the neck don't have to be burnt. Well, which is it? If they're edible, they're real nicer. If they're unedible, then they don't have to be burnt. So, what's the case of sinews that have to be burnt? That's the question of the Gemara. Interesting question. Okay, so Amar of Chista lo nitzcha el legida That is a case of a sinew that's edible, but still would have to be burnt. How how so? This goes along with you have to you have to look, go, follow the sheet of Rabbi Yehuda as follows. The Tanya, because we learned a brisa, Rabbi Yehuda Oimer, Eino Noheg Elabaachas. That really, what's the prohibition of Gid Anasha? Right. Remember, Filet Mignon is uh, this is what Nachi tells me. My uh, my sixteen or fifteen year old, my tenth grader. He says that uh, he's like Chef Nachi. So he's very familiar with this idea that certain cuts of meat are very expensive because you have to take out the Gid Anasha, which is very labor-intensive, so you're paying for that. Okay. Now, where Yehuda's Shita is, that really only one of, it's the sciatic nerve, the Gid Anasha, right? But really only one of them is Usr, according to Yehuda and the Mishnayas. Okay. So if only one of them is Usr, the other one is Mutter. So, but we're not sure which one it is. Look, at, look inside. The Tanya, the Brisa says, that really only one of the two is is um, is also It's an interesting lashon, right? And it makes sense to presume that it's the right leg, okay? Uh, but the issue is, he's not one hundred percent sure that it's the right leg, right? So the Gemara asks, "Ela tifshas tsefuka misapkale la Rabbi Yehuda." It has to be when he says that das machras shemin that I, I presume that in the right. What's he really saying? He's saying that only one of these two sciatic nerves, right? Because everything's bilateral, right? There's two sciatic nerves, but he says only one of them is really ulcer. I think it must be the right one. Yeah, it's probably the right one. Well, the Gemara is saying it sounds like he doesn't really know. Sounds like Rabbi is not sure which one is unedible. Okay, the imifshab shitale, because if it was obvious to him, Hahide Terra Nikle vid the Isura Nishde, Lamale Srefa. Aha. Right? Because if he knew for sure which one was Usar. So let's say instead of saying, I think it's the right one, I presume it's the right one. So 
If he knew for sure there was the right one, then he would say only the right side get an usher is usher. So again, that would, that would present no problemo. Because then you would know the right side is usher and therefore it's not nicer. We're not allowed to eat it and it's left over. We could just throw it out. The left side, even though it's a get on, even though it's a sciatic nerve, is totally mutter and therefore you're chayiv to eat it. Otherwise, because otherwise you'd be in violation of nosa. It would be obvious. Aha, but now we have an answer. The answer is that according, that according to Rabbi Yehuda, Right, or the Gemara actually answers, Amar of Ika Arvo. Right? So either Rabbi Yehuda is unsure which one is, in fact, the Asr Gidanasha, or he knows that it was the right one. However, it was mixed up, right? You have this filet mignon, and it's all in a pile, and, and you have both sides of the sciatic nerve there, and you just don't know which one was the right one, which one was the left one. Either way, what's going on? What's happening is that you have a what? What's happening is that you have a situation where this is edible, right? However, you're not going to eat it because it's just a hakapada that you have, not to eat the Ivagidanusha out of a state of suffolk. So it's edible enough that it would be considered nicer, but inedible enough or not kosher enough that you can't eat it. And therefore, it almost, in essence, becomes like the bones, right? This is how it makes the list of things that you have to burn, right? Because the things that are totally inedible from lechatchila, you could just throw out. And the things that are totally edible lechatchila, you are supposed to eat, right? You're not supposed to burn it. You're supposed to eat it. So the, the sinews and the bones, right, are referring to, so with the bones, you can't eat it because you can't access it. With the sinews, you have sveikos as to whether you can eat it, and that is the reason why you leave it over, and therefore that is the reason why you have to then subsequently burn the it. Uh, our Mishnah is, yeah, it's, it's amazing. It's a suffix. So Moshe Rabbeinu knew when, which, which one. So we know for a fact that only one get an Asha is forbidden. That's accepted. Right, Rabbi, that's Shittas Rabbi Yehuda. Right, so is right. this what's followed then? So Rabbi Yehuda, is, when it says this, now just goes on, that's it. We accept the Mishnah as being a suffix that, it, that it's. We're going to say that if our Mishnah is in fact according to Rabbi Yehuda, so this is where Rabbi Iker, I think, I think Rabbi Iker Barchinana is, is addressing your issue. Okay. Because what he's saying is, you're, because Andrew, Andrew's struggling with, so the Mishnah is saying, so we have a suffix and that's why we burn it, so that's possible. But Rabchina Barika is saying, no, we have this Masora, if you say that the Mishnah is like your Behuda, and the Masora is that only the right one is Asr, so then the Mishnah is talking about a case where you mix them up. So is that even though the halacha is clear, the actual Gid Hanasha got mixed up, and that's the case of our Mishnah. Therefore, you don't know whether you're looking at the right side or the left side. According to Rabbi Yehuda, the Halachal right now would be that you could only not eat the right side. Halachal like the Badats, is going to be careful, as we'll see, not just about both sides, but also even around the fat around the Gid Hanasha. We just don't want to get involved, Andrew. We're not, we're not, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're not going to dissect this out. Yeah, you're, fell, you're already full from the marrow. What are you complaining about the Gidon Usher? He wants everything. He wants it all. You give Andrew the marrow, he wants the Gidon Usher too. Okay, so now the Gemara says, so that's one possibility. So, <laughs> so then, Ravashi Amar, Lo Here it is. The Mishnah is talking about not necessarily the actual Gid itself, but the fat covering it. The Tanya, because we have another Brisa, right? Shmonosh Mutter. Right, the Bryce says that the fat, really, you're allowed to eat. 
right? But we're makmer, right? The badatz doesn't eat that fat because it's just too close to the problem. So we don't eat it. We're makbid on it. Uh-huh. So you see, here's what's going on. There's a minog to be makbid on the Gid and It's actually an incredible idea that uh, Rabbi Leibowitz, the great Rabbi master, brings out that it's possible that because of what? The minhug to not eat the fat, we're going to allow you to keep it over as nicer. That's actually amazing. Okay, so, anyway, right? The, the Jews don't eat fats of the Gidanashe. Um, or Ravina Amar Bachitzon. So, some people say it, there's an out, outer and an inner sciatic nerve. Really, there's two sciatic nerves, uh, uh, sinews there. Pnimi and the inner one is the one that's also to eat. Right? For that, you're going to be getting malchus. Right? It's only going to be, uh, you don't get malchus for that one because that's only meaning we are machmir not to eat either the inner or the outer gidonashe. But really, it's only the inner one, meikar adin, that's aser. So when our mission says that you burn the gidonashe, again, it's a hybrid situation, right? We technically, meikar adin could eat it, and therefore it is theoretically edible. And however, so, so, right, however, and that's why you can't just throw it out. However, we don't eat it, right? Because we're machmir, we're eating only badats. And we're, we're noyag not to eat it, and therefore we leave it over and then burn it. Fine. Chal Shishasar, just to finish it off, the Mishnah had said, Right, that if this, if first day Cholamod is Shabbos, you wait until the second day Cholamod to burn it. So says the Gemara, Vamai, Nese Asei Vietchilos Asei. Wow. You have the Asei of burning Nicer, that's in the Torah. And it should be Doche, right, the Los Asei against the Malacha on Shabbos. Just like we have, right, we bring Karbonos on Yantiv, right? We bring Karbonos even on Shabbos. So why are we not burning Nicer? This is a fundamental question. Um, with only a few minutes left, five minutes left, where we have to address this fundamental question. So the Gemara answers, Amr Chizkia, Tani Devei Chizkia, right? Not only Chizkia say it, but it became like a big shita in the yeshiva. Amar Kara, Lo Sosiru Mimenu Ad Boker, Vainoiser Mimenu Ad Boker, Ba'esh right? That you're not supposed to have, this is the Isser of Nosar. The Isser of Nosar is, don't leave it till the next day. And that which is left till the next day, you have to burn it. Uh huh. Now, it's not really necessary to say leave it, to, right? It says, Why is it mentioning the phrase ad boker twice? So the reason, the limit of Tanda was that the reason why it says ad boker twice is to allude to the fact that when presented with this concept, of a conflict of Asei Dochelos Asei. Should I burn the Noisar? Or should I wait till the next day? The Torah is giving you a hint. You may as well, you, this is not an Asei Dochelos Asei. It's Xerus Akasav that you wait till the next day. Wait till the second day of Cholomoid. In the situation where the first day falls out on Shabbos. Wow. That is source number one. Another source is uh, going to be brought out by Abaye. And I'll spare you the suspense. Uh, Rava is not going to, Except that what he's going to have his third source. But anyways, every time Abai has something, Rava has something else for you as well. So Abai Amar, Amar Kra Oilas Shabbos Bishabato. He learns it from the pasuk Olat Shabbat Bishabato, Velo Olas Chol Bishabbos, Velo Olas Chol Biyantiv. It's again an illusion, right? That you don't burn the weekday Ola on Shabbos or on Yantiv, but rather burn it on the following day. That's what is alluded to in the pasuk of Olat Shabbos Bishabato. And Rava Amar, Amar Hu Levado Yasel Lachem. We learn, right, that, that with respect to Yantiv, 
This is talking about the, the idea of ochal nefesh, right? That the only malacha that you could do on yantiv is for ochal nefesh. Lachem, right? Like we said. Chatsi lachem, chatsi lachem. So that which is for you, meaning that which is ochal nefesh, right? The cooking is mutter on yantiv. Says Rava, who velo machshirov, right? It's referring to it, but not the machshire ochal nefesh. Levado, and when the Pasuk says, so that's what the word who means. When the Pasuk says the word levado, as we arrive at Pedal and Madalaf, velo mila shalobizmana. Haba mikal vachomer. Levado means you can't perform, right, the mila shalobizmana on Shabbos, as we know, right? On Shabbos, there is such a thing as Shabbos bris, but that's only when you have a mila shabizmana. This harkens back to Shabbos Kuflam and Gimel. What was the Kalvachomer? We said that Milo Shalobizmana is Docha Tsaras, as you might recall, right? That if you have a Tsaras on the actual orla over there, you can cut off the Tsaras. Cutting off the Tsaras is an Isser, but not for Bris Mila. Even, for, even if the Bris Mila is Shalobizmana, you can cut it off. And we know that Tsaras is Docha Avoda because you're not allowed to cut off the Tsaras just to be, to, in order to perform the Avoda. And we know that Avoda is Docha Shabbos Viyantiv. So therefore, you theoretically could have had a Kalvachomer if A is greater, right? If B is greater than A and C is greater than B and D is greater than C, then it could come out that Mila Shalobizmana is Docha Shabbos Viyantiv. But we have a Pasuk that says, right, Shabbos Viyantiv is trumped by Avoda, which is trumped by Tsaras, which is trumped by Mila Shalobizmana. But Mila Shalobizmana is not, does not trump Shabbos Viyantiv, meaning we only do a Mila Bizmana, but that's from the Pasuk. That's from the Pasuk that says Levado. Okay, that's what that is teaching you. So we have three indications in the Pesukim that indicate that Naisa is not burned on Yantav, but rather the next day to preserve the halacha of, the, uh, of, of our Mishnah. That is a legal reason. Baravashi Amar, Shabbason de Yantiv. When it says Shabbason on Yantiv, is a mitzvah say, the say, doche los The Yantiv also has an additional aspect of asay. And an asay isn't a locha, a lotasev asay, which is why in our Mishnah, we say that we don't burn the noisar on yantiv, not because that asay would be docha losasev, burning the noisar, but because burning the noisar would also have a dual issue, and that is why we defer it to the second day of Cholamoed. So have a good Shabbos. We uh, left off on the Mishnah and paid Dalai Nice to you. Andrew, how are you, you going to eat the Shabbos meal? You're already full from all that.